College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report <laughs> to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Well, let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast later in this show. We will be joined by New Mexico head coach Richard Patino. I want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also send me your questions on Twitter. I'll get to them later in this podcast. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John J-O-N. And a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show. And please feel free to leave us comments. And also check out collegehoopstoday.com for breaking news, podcast archive stories, and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe. And now that we've got you set for everything you need to track our podcast, let's get into the nuts and bolts as we are now less than eight weeks away from Selection Sunday. And if there is to me one storyline and one theme that I want to hit home after what we saw over the weekend, it is that parody again, rules in college basketball. And to me, this season and the trajectory that this season is on reminds me of the 2010-11 season when we saw a four seed in Kentucky, a three seed in UConn that finished nine and nine in the Big East, Butler an eight seed and VCU out of the first four all make the final four in Houston. Where's the final four this year? You better believe it. It's in Houston. Now, why do I say that parity is ruling? We saw a Kentucky team that lost last Tuesday to South Carolina at Rupp Arena go on the road and not just beat Tennessee on Saturday, but control the game for the majority of the second half. We are looking at an ACC right now where we could have Duke and North Carolina entering the NCAA tournament with double-digit losses. That has not happened since 1996, which was the first year that Mike Krzyzewski returned from a back injury that came him out of the 94-95 season. Now, there also are some highlights and some teams that I really want to point out. Alabama is rolling and ripping through opponents like a chainsaw through butter. We are seeing the Crimson Tide now totally focused on the court since losing to Gonzaga on December the 17th. Alabama has won six straight games by over 22 points a game on average. Now, Xavier has also began to separate itself in the Big East Conference. Two huge wins last week at the Cintas Center, one against Creighton, one against Marquette. The Musketeers 7-0 in the Big East, 15-3 overall. In my Rothstein 45 for this week, I move Xavier into the top 10 for the first time this season. I also think individually we have four players separating themselves as first-team All-Americans. Purdue, Zach Eady, Gonzaga's Drew Timmy, 
Kansas's Jalen Wilson and Alabama freshman Jalen Miller, who's been absolutely sensational. So we have players separating themselves. We have certain teams obviously playing at a high level, but we do not have dominance and separation, in my opinion, at the top of college basketball. This is not 2015 with Kentucky, Wisconsin, and Duke. This is not 2021 with Baylor and Gonzaga. And I think we are going to have as crazy of an NCAA tournament as we've seen in a long, long time. Now, you could say we say that every year, but the facts are the facts. In eight of the last 10 Final Fours, a seven seed or lower has advanced to the Final Four. I would not be shocked if history repeated itself on April 1st in Houston. One team that looks on track to be a team that hears its name on Selection Sunday is the New Mexico Lobos. They are coached by Richard Patino. New Mexico 16-2 after Saturday night's big win at San Diego State. And the aforementioned head coach of New Mexico, Richard Patino, joins the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein coming up next. New Mexico is 16-2 after Saturday's monster win at San Diego State. The head coach of the Lobos is Richard Patino. He now joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Richard, what would your reaction have been if someone told you prior to the year that you'd be 16-2 after 18 games? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we would be much improved, but to say after 18 games that we'd be sitting at 16-2, and I'd probably say... Uh, you know, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's been great progress in 18 months. Um, we were able to, when we got the job, add some very important foundational pieces, one obviously in Jalen House, and then to be able to bring Jamal Mashford Jr. with me just really set the tone for the program. Um, and so our staff's done a great job of adding some crucial guys, and, and our guys are – they're really coachable and very, very businesslike in their approach. So it's obviously helped speed up the process. Now, one thing that's obvious is you've really, really solidified your front court this year with a couple of you know introductions from the transfer portal and Jose Alec and also Morris Udeze. Aside from those additions and aside from the fact that the guys you mentioned in the backcourt are a year older, what are the biggest reasons why you're 16-2? and two? Well, I think we've been able to get our home court back. Um, you know, there are two things, obviously. New Mexico had been down, but also a pandemic, and the fan base was a little bit dormant. But now that we've been able to get 15,000 back in the pit, it certainly has helped. Um, it's rejuvenated the town. You know, Albuquerque, there's not a lot of cities, obviously, where, you know, basketball is – the number one thing, um, you know, when you have football just growing like it is. But I think this city and the state are absolutely going crazy about local basketball again. And I think it's fueled our players, um, you know, so to be able to get that back has been huge um, to be able to retain some of the guys, you know, because that's the biggest thing too, is not losing guys off the transfers and right. being able to keep guys like Javante Johnson, KJ Jenkins, who understand their role they embrace their role, um, and they allow everybody to kind of be themselves. So, you know, last year was a – you never want to lose, but it was a perfect year one in the sense of we were able to show these guys, okay, we got a Wyoming win, which is top 25 win, as well as some losses that we learned from and we were able to have a great offseason. 
Now, your team came on the map this season with an incredible victory in late November at St. Mary's, which, as anybody knows who covers the sport, is a very difficult play to play. Randy Bennett has built a monster there over the last 20 years. How much did going on the road and having that experience early in the year prepare you to play so effectively Saturday against San Diego State? Yeah, I think that was a, you know, that was a win that you don't expect to happen so early, and I think it, it gave everybody in the locker room confidence that you know we felt over the summer like, we think we could have a pretty good team, but so much goes into it, you know, injury-free, all those little things. But now all of a sudden you go at St. Mary's and you just belonged on the court with the program, like you said. I mean, Coach Bennett's did an amazing job. So it gave you confidence. And I think walking into the Viejas Arena, you know, we told our guys, like, at some point we got to get the swagger back of New Mexico because the Mountain West is better when New Mexico is good. You know, San Diego State has been the – most consistent program maybe of any programs in the country over the last 20 years. But let's walk in there with a level of confidence, certainly a respect, um, but that we belong. And I think to get that physical win at St. Mary's certainly gave us a lot of confidence that we could go do it versus San Diego State, and our guys performed very well. And both of those victories are the types of wins that will resonate from now into Selection Sunday. Those will get the eyes of the Selection Committee. Richard Pitino, head coach of New Mexico, joined the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. Lobo is 16-2. Now, there was a palpable buzz about your team when you started the season 14-0. and Now, coaches never want to take a loss. But after you start 14-0 and and you lose the game at Fresno State, did it give you an opportunity to refocus your team after suffering a defeat? You know, I mean, I, I think we could have won the Fresno State game. Um, I thought we played well enough to do it. But I do think the weight of that night, Purdue had lost, and we became the only team in the country that was undefeated. And these guys live on their phones. They live on social media. Uh, so I think the weight of that certainly was, was heavy on everybody. So although it was great for our program that everybody was talking about us nationally, and that certainly helps build fan support. It helps in recruiting. But I do think after that game, I was kind of like, all right, now, now we can kind of get, get back to normal a little bit. Um, but, you know, it wasn't we, – we try not to overreact too much on the final score, and we just try to evaluate every game. And although we lost those two games, I still felt like we were playing well. So, you know, we, we really, really try in this program to not get too high and not get too low and just take it one game at a time. And although we blew those opportunities, I I thought we really responded well with Oral Roberts after a one-day prep, after an emotional loss for UNLV in front of a sold-out crowd. First one they had had here uh, since 2014 was great because we responded very, very well versus two teams I believe will be in the NCAA tournament. Well, and then obviously it's easier to bounce back when you have adversity, when you have a backcourt like you do with Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. You told me prior to the season that they were in the conversations among the most explosive backcourt tandems that you had. Has your opinion changed now after 18 games? No, they're, I mean, they're really good, um, you know, and they can just do it in a variety of ways. I mean, Jalen House has got a little bit of, reminds me of Russ Smith in a lot of ways, um, where he can just dominate a game with some tough shot-making ability. Uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. is as consistent as any guard in the country. Um, he is very, very unique in the sense of he's shooting the three very well, but 
he's a phenomenal mid-range shooter, maybe the best in the country. And he's just got such a great belief in himself. So those two guys have got great experience. Um, but they've just got unbelievable competitive spirit, which is great. And, and we don't win. I mean, we, we don't win at San Diego State without them. You know, so I do believe they're one of the best backcourts in the country. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can continue to. What I've told them is, you know, you put yourself on this stage now with winning. Now go take advantage of it for yourself and for your future. And they've done a great job so far. You know, Richard, we're in a weird time in basketball, and it's so much you know, of a focus on the three-point shot that nobody really perfects the mid-range anymore. But Jamal Mashburn this season has made 119 field goals. Over 23, only 23 are from three-point range. How has he kind of perfected the, the mid-range shot when nobody wants to master it in 2023? I've never seen a harder worker, and not just working hard, but – very, very diligent in his approach. Um, you know, he, he's almost like a professional golfer where he's just, okay, I'm going to work on my pitching wedge, then my sand wedge. I mean, he's just, he's very intentional with the way that he does things. And my office here in New Mexico is right off the practice court. So you always see when guys are in the gym and he comes in here, he's not shooting half court shots. He's not blasting music. He's coming in here to work. And, you know, I've told myself, okay, don't obsess over the three with him. Try to put him in a position to get to the mid-range shot and encourage it. Um, you know, so it's, it's all the hard work that he puts in. I mean, in my 10 years of being a head coach now, going on year 11, there's, I've never coached a harder worker and a guy who's just more intentional with everything that he does. Well, and the guy next to him, too, you know, obviously has a different dynamic, but has been extremely effective as well. Jalen House is an energetic player. I saw it when he was at Arizona State and a freshman when he was on the same team with a number of great guards that played under Bobby Hurley. How do you make sure that he's channeling his energy towards pauses for the team and it's not a detriment, especially since he's such an emotional player? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a uh, a daily conversation that we have because – I thought you saw the UNLV game at home. He allowed a sold-out crowd and the emotion of the game to affect him in a negative way. But he then goes at San Diego State, and I made the comment to him after the game, do you watch WWE? Because he relished turning the crowd against him. Like, he, he lived <laughs> for it. But he just went a little bit too far, got a technical at the wrong time, and it was a five-point swing. But that emotion does fuel him. And so I'm just trying to get him to understand, like, listen, if you want to suddenly talk trash, fine. You know, I got no problem with it. If a fan is barking at you and you want to subtly do that, like, because that fuels you, I get it. But you got to find the balance to where it doesn't get you a technical foul. Now, he has not gotten a lot of technical fouls, um, but the San Diego State game was a perfect learning experience for him because – you know, Jalen's got one more year, COVID year. He could come back, but he probably will move on. And I want to do everything in my power to put him in a position to get a chance at the NBA. And I want NBA scouts to leave San Diego State and say, he got 29 points. He played great defense, not talking about the technical. So uh, it's always a learning experience. But the beauty of Jalen is he is very, very coachable and wants to be great. New Mexico head coach Richard Patino joined the College of Today podcast with John Rothstein, Lobo 16 and 2 overall. Richard, what is it like for somebody who spent so many years in the winter in the Big Ten to have league games in California in January? 
Yeah, honestly, it's it's maybe the the biggest change because you get so used to eight years in Minnesota, just the cold and getting off a freezing cold bus or a plane where you know you land at one o'clock in the morning and you don't want to walk across that tarmac. And I tell you what, it, it it's awesome. Um, the weather, it, obviously in Albuquerque, it, it's like San Diego. We were just there, like it all. The sun always shines. You never got to wear a winter jacket. Uh, so I've loved it. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a nice change. I mean, I, I certainly love Minnesota as well, but that weather can wear on you a little bit at times. You coached in a lot of different leagues as a head coach and an assistant. You were in the Big East. Obviously, you were head coach in the Big Ten for a long time. The Mountain West is not a quote-unquote power conference, but the league did have four teams in the NCAA tournament last year. It's got a number of teams that have a chance this year. What would you compare the Mountain West to in terms of obviously coaching in other conferences? I don't see how it's any different and a West Coast version of the Big East. Now, the difference, obviously, is we have football. The Big East does not. But we've got basketball programs that really, really care. You know, you look at all of the places besides San Diego State and I guess San Jose, like there's no other sports to compete with. So your venues are really, really good. Um, you know, they're really cool destinations, whether it's Boise, whether it's, you know, obviously Albuquerque. Uh, UNLV, obviously, is more of a bigger city. Um, but we've got balance all across the board. You know, it's, it's, it's a very healthy league in the sense of anybody can beat anybody, very similar to the Big East. Uh, so it's been great. You know, we, we, we certainly um, can continue to grow. Every game is on national TV. They're awesome venues, great places to go. The travel's really good. So I've loved it. Uh, it, it to me, it, it's no different than a West Coast version of the Big East. And, and I say that because I love the Big East. The Big East is great, but the Mountain West is terrific as well. Now, you've been able to restock your roster and your program through the transfer portal in a short period of time. It's always unique when you're in a quote-unquote non-power conference because you have to obviously decide how much time am I going to allot to recruit high school players versus transfers. How will New Mexico manage that dynamic moving forward? Yeah, it's really interesting, um, and it's really changed. But we've got a great blend. You know, I, I, I think Donovan Dent is one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, Braden Applehans and Quentin Webb, both redshirting. We're really, really excited about them. Uh, so we want to be old. I mean, we've got to find a way to do that. And you're seeing, like, my alma mater, I mean, Ed Cooley's done an amazing job there of just constantly staying old. So we'd love to be able to build that foundation with high school recruiting, but then supplement it in the spring with what your needs may be. The beauty of the portal, and it's not easy because everybody's recruiting it, but the beauty of it is in the spring – you're going to know what you need way more than you would in the fall because you've went through a whole season with them, Um, you know, and you know who's leaving and who's coming back and all those things. So uh, you got to be a little bit more patient. You know, we signed two front court guys, Amoris Udazi and and Josiah Alec in mid-May, you know, so it's really changed. Um, So we'll be, we will be aggressive in high school recruiting to maybe add one or two every single year and continue to build that way but then also see if we can go find, you know, one or two transfers in the spring. And it's changed because you can find really good kids in the spring who are just looking for a different opportunity. Um, But we've been able to, through 
and we'll be able to show, okay, like look at Jalen House. He goes to Arizona State. For whatever reason, he doesn't play. And look at what he's been able to do with his career here, or Jamal Mashburn Jr. with his career here, and Josiah and Morris. So the more success you have with those transfers, I think you're going to be able to show and get other recruits to continue to buy into that. And another thing that obviously is going to entice more and more players, in addition to on-court success, is a great schedule, especially in the non-league. I know that's obviously a difficult thing to achieve right now with so many power conferences going to 20 games. I know that you have a return game coming up next year at Iona, who played in Albuquerque you know, this year. Other than that, is there anything of substance on New Mexico's 23-24 non-conference schedule? Well, what's always very interesting, and, and I know there's not a lot of programs that do it anymore, is we play New Mexico State twice in the non-conference. So that makes it very unique and challenging to continue to build. Um, we started a SMU series last year, and that certainly changed. Like when Coach Jankovic was there, I, I never anticipated that he would be fired or maybe he stepped out of what it was, but Rob Lanier had to rebuild. But that was a really good series. Uh, we'd love to be able to add another series like that in the pit. I mean, we're really, really unique in the sense of we got 15000 for a non-conference game with Iona on a Sunday. Not too many places in this country can do that in the non-conference. So it's very important that we engage with our fan base in the non-conference, whether it's starting a home-and-home. And they always want you to get in Arizona, UCLA. And I'm really open to all those things. Uh, and then, you know, being able to maybe play a quad one potential type game, um, you know, on a neutral court. When I first got here, our net was 303. It was very, very challenging to schedule. Uh, now I think with what, however we finish, our numbers are going to be better where teams will be more open to play us. Would you play in an early season tournament or an MTE next year? Absolutely, yeah. We're, we're, we're working on something right now that we're not finalized with. I, I always think being able to play maybe if it's in Las Vegas or maybe if it's in uh, Arizona, those are really easy travel for us. You don't have to mess with all time changes and everything. You know, Playing at Iona, will be it'll be a fun game to return, obviously, but just to travel as long. So we, we try to keep it somewhat easy from that sense, um, you know, to be able to stay regionally. Well, you're 16-2 and two after, you know, 18 games. We are a little bit less right now than eight weeks away from Selection Sunday, not that anybody's counting. But you have now made New Mexico again nationally relevant. Again, regardless of what happens moving forward, you've won at St. Mary's, you've won at San Diego State. Regardless of what happens over the next eight weeks, has this season been a success? Oh, absolutely. A, an overwhelming success. Um, you know, I think we have to remember what we inherited. It's not as if we inherited all conference players and, you know, I just get the job. You know, it, it was one of those situations where we added eight players in year one off of Zooms. Uh, that was really challenging. We were able to hit on two all-conference players. Now, certainly Jamal Mashburn Jr. played for me, but Jalen House had never stepped on campus. K.J. Jenkins is one of the best six men in the country, never stepped on campus. Then we're able to add some great pieces. So we are so far along in this process. The roster, obviously, you know, has been strengthened. Uh, we've got more of a national brand now than we have had in a long time where people know about us and we've gotten the fans back. You know, we've already had a sellout early in the season and we anticipate more. So um, it's been a great success. Uh, you know, I've really enjoyed it. 
and, and hopefully we can continue to, you know, because the more success that we have, obviously, is going to continue to build this program, and you got to parlay that for sure. Final thing, obviously, we've talked, you know, that you're 16-2 and two through 18 games, and the goal, because you're this close, is to play in the NCAA tournament. New Mexico has not done it in a long time, not since 2014. Steve Alford, obviously, before he took the UCLA job, was going, it felt like, every year. What are the biggest keys over the next eight weeks for New Mexico to hear its name called on Selection Sunday? Well, after eight games, we've certainly done our part. Uh, we've got four true road wins. We've got a neutral site win. Um, and so we've been able to put ourselves in the conversation. And what I told our guys yesterday after we got back from San Diego State is go all in. You know, whether it's every single day in practice, continue to double down, triple down, and get better and better and better. Lock in on your focus um, as if the same thing as if LeBron quitting social media because he's so locked in during the playoffs. That's got to be your level of focus because, like you said, you're eight weeks away. But you've done an amazing job of getting so many quality wins early, and you know what playing good basketball looks like. So really lock in. Um, just take it day by day. Don't get too emotional one way or the other. But you put yourself in a position there's nothing more fun than being in a good spot in late January like we are. So, so, go, so go tackle it. You know, Go after it. Don't, don't shy away from it because – you're playing really good basketball. Richard, appreciate a couple minutes, man. Congratulations on a great start, and as always, look forward to staying connected along the way. I appreciate it, John. Thank you. We'd like to thank New Mexico head coach Richard Patino for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. I want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also, I want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms make sure to subscribe like and rate the show and please feel free to leave us comments and time now for our social media portion of the college hoops today podcast with john rothstein send me your questions on twitter i'm at john rothstein that's john j-o-n and our first question comes from andres flores and it's john will shock a smart be the Big East coach of the year this season. There's a lot of basketball left. Shaka Smart, Sean Miller very much in the mix, as are Ed Cooley, Dan Hurley. UConn's had a rough patch recently, but a lot of coaches in the Big East doing a really, really good job. Glenn Perini wants to know, even with losing Geo Baker and Ron Harper, is it the best Rutgers team under Steve Peichel? I'll say this, Glenn. Rutgers now is on track to be its best seed under Steve Peichel in the NCAA tournament. Rutgers, again, as of Monday, as we're taping this podcast, trails Purdue by one game in the Big Ten standings. Rutgers as a program has not won a regular season title in its conference since 1991 when Bob Bob Wenzel was the coach. And our final question comes from Sam Holtz. John, can Arkansas recover from a slow conference start? Look, and this is something that I think you could use for a lot of programs. When teams have one major injury, you can scratch and claw, you can plug and play, you can obviously try to figure that out. When you lose two, and Arkansas has lost Trevin Brazil for the season and Nick Smith Jr., nobody knows when he's going to come back, it is very difficult to have the same 
caliber of play. It's really difficult. That's what Arkansas is struggling with right now. I dropped Arkansas significantly in my rankings after giving up 97 points against Vanderbilt on Saturday. But as you know, this is only January. Now, let's get to some nuggets. Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. But you were close. Nugget number one, miles of promise. TCU's Mike Miles had 11 assists in Saturday's win over Kansas State. He previously never tallied more than seven assists in a game during his three-year college career. 11 on Saturday, never more than seven in his career prior. Nugget number two, Big Ten contenders. I don't see a Big Ten Final Four contender other than Purdue right now. To me, the Boilers, the only team from the Big Ten that looks Final Four caliber. Nugget number three, tough as nails. UCLA is allowing an average of 56.9 points per game in Pac-12 play. In two games last week, the Bruins in wins over Utah and Colorado only gave up an average of 51.5 points per per game nugget number four sharing is definitely caring but do the huskies still have the ability to do that at a high level long line but it's the truth talking about yukon i went and looked at the numbers after yukon's loss against saint john's on sunday in yukon's four losses this season 65 assists to just 61 turnovers. Something to monitor moving forward. UConn's lost four of five. Nugget number five, parity rules. I'm going to say it again. I talked about it at the top. A seven seed or lower has advanced to eight of the last 10 final four. Again, don't be shocked if history repeats itself on April 1st in Houston. Now let's get to some games to watch. Games to watch. Games to watch. Tuesday, two big ones in the Big 12. Kansas at Kansas State, Texas at Iowa State. Wednesday, Providence is at Marquette. Thursday, Rutgers goes to Michigan State, and UCLA hits the road to take on Arizona State in the desert. We'd like to thank New Mexico head coach Richard Patino for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. We'll be back next week, same bad time, same bad channel. This was the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein.